0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of pertussis found under the infectious disease section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 40-year-old man presents to the primary care physician after three weeks of a dry cough. He reports that he occasionally vomits after an episode of coughing and that he hears quote-unquote whoops during some episodes. His childhood immunization history is incomplete, and the patient states not having had any immunizations in the past 20 years. A special nasopharyngeal swab is sent for analysis and antibiotics are given. Let's continue with an introduction to pertussis. Bordetella pertussis is classified as a gram-negative aerobic coccobacillus, and it is transmitted through respiratory droplets. And conditions associated with pertussis include whooping cough and 100-day cough. And with regards to prevention, Remember that there is the DTaP vaccine. This is a vaccine against diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. And remember that this is an acellular pertussis vaccine. And there are five doses that are given before school age and are completed by four to six years of age. Then there is the TDaP vaccine, which is a booster vaccine given at 11 to 12 years of age, and it should also be given to pregnant mothers and those around them. And with regards to epidemiology, pertussis affects infants that are especially at risk, This includes those that are less than 6 months of age and those that are too young to be vaccinated. It also affects unvaccinated children. And risk factors for pertussis include exposure to infected people, incomplete vaccination, and HIV exposure. And with regards to the pathogenesis, remember that bacteria colonize mucosal surfaces. And then pertussis toxin binds to and activates adenylate cyclase by inhibiting the GI type of G-protein coupled receptors. This impairs phagocytosis and allows the bacteria to survive. There is also a tracheal cytotoxin, which impairs cilia and prevents normal clearance of respiratory secretions. Also remember that the low lung volume at the beginning of inspiration causes strong inspiration and the classic inspiratory whoop. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms in the catarole stage, which is the first stage, will include low-grade fevers and coryza. Symptoms in the paroxysmal stage, which is the second stage, will include a dry cough and whoop and post-tussive vomiting. And symptoms in the convalescent stage, which is the third stage, will include recovery. And on exam, one may note a whooping cough in children, which is a dry cough on expiration with a whoop on inspiration. And in adults, one may note signs of the 100-day cough, which includes post-tussive vomiting and paroxysmal cough. And with regards to the differential, make sure to think about mycoplasma pneumonia with distinguishing factors being that it will also present with a dry cough, but there will be no whooping cough and no post-tussive vomiting. And in terms of treatment, remember that the management approach involves having infected patients avoid exposing vulnerable populations, and that exposed patients should still be treated. Medical treatment options include macrolides, which are indicated as first-line therapy, and the specific drugs would include azithromycin, clarithromycin, and erythromycin. Trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole is another option, and this is indicated for patients with allergies to macrolides. And complications related to pertussis include pneumonia, failure to thrive, death, especially in young infants, and apnea, also especially in young infants. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this can be fatal in infants. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to pertussis, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 23-year-old man presents to student health for a cough. The patient states he has paroxysms of coughing followed by gasping for air. The patient is up to date on his vaccinations and is generally healthy. He states he has felt more stress lately secondary to exams. His temperature is 101.0 degrees Fahrenheit or 38.3 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 125 over 65. Pulse is 105 beats per minute, respirations are 14 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Laboratory values are notable for a hemoglobin of 12 grams per deciliter, hematocrit of 36%, leukocyte count of 13,500 per millimeter cubed with a lymphocytosis, platelet count of 197,000 per millimeter cubed. Physical exam is notable for clear breath sounds bilaterally. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are, choice one, azithromycin. Choice two, chest radiograph. Choice three, culture. Choice four, PCR for bordetella pertussis. Or choice five, penicillin. The best answer to this question is, choice one, azithromycin. This patient is presenting with the classic description for whooping cough and a lymphocyte predominant leukocytosis, suggesting a diagnosis of a Bordetella pertussis infection, which should be treated with azithromycin. Bordetella pertussis typically presents in unvaccinated pediatric patients with severe episodes of coughing followed by an inspiratory gasp or whoop, thus the term whooping cough. In adults, pertussis typically presents with minor symptoms, such as a cough or rhinorrhea, However, it is possible for vaccinated adults to present with pertussis with the classic symptoms that would be seen in a pediatric patient. The diagnosis of pertussis can be made clinically, and the treatment involves administration of a macrolide antibiotic and rest. During this time period, adults should stay away from newborns given the high risk of transmission. Similarly, adults should have their pertussis vaccine updated prior to the birth of a newborn infant to avoid transmission. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice two, chest radiograph could diagnose bacterial pneumonia with a low bar consolidation or could suggest an atypical pneumonia with interstitial infiltrates, but would not be necessary in this situation with a clear clinical scenario that would not alter management even if the radiograph returned normal. Choices three and four, culture or PCR for bordetella pertussis are appropriate confirmatory tests for pertussis. However, confirmatory tests are not necessary for a clear case of whooping cough clinically which can simply be treated. Choice five, penicillin is appropriate management of streptococcal pharyngitis which presents with a sore throat, erythema of the oropharynx and tonsillar exudates. Finally, a bullet summary, a macrolide antibiotic is the best initial step in management in a case of Bordetella pertussis. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario a 12-year-old female presents to the emergency department for cough. Her mother reports that the child has had rhinorrhea and cough for almost three weeks. The cough seems to be getting worse and often wakes the patient up from sleep. The patient has also had several episodes of post-tussive emesis. The patient's mother has been treating the patient with oral antihistamines for presumed allergies and an albuterol inhaler borrowed from the patient's older brother. The patient has not been seen by a pediatrician for several years, and her mother is unsure of her vaccination history. The patient's temperature is 98.8 degrees Fahrenheit or 37.1 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 96 over 71, pulse is 90 beats per minute, and respirations are 14 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient appears well. Her lungs are clear to auscultation bilaterally. Physical exam is also notable for subconjunctival hemorrhage in the right eye. Which of the following is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are choice one, azithromycin for patient and close contacts. Choice two, intravenous dexamethasone and nebulized epinephrine. Choice three, intravenous ceftriaxone. Choice four, oral dexamethasone and nebulized albuterol. Or choice five, supportive care only. The best answer to this question is choice one, azithromycin for the patient and close contacts. This patient presents with a history of incomplete childhood immunizations, rhinorrhea, cough, post-tussive emesis, and subconjunctival hemorrhage, which suggests a diagnosis of infection with bordetella pertussis. Infection with bordetella pertussis classically occurs in three phases, the catarole phase, the paroxysmal phase, and the convalescent phase. In the cataract phase, which is in the first one to two weeks, patients typically have nonspecific symptoms of an upper respiratory infection, and in the paroxysmal phase, which is between weeks two and six, patients present with periodic bouts of coughing with a characteristic whoop on inspiration. Immunization from childhood vaccinations wanes in adolescence, at which point patients should receive a booster. Treatment involves a macrolide antibiotic such as azithromycin or erythromycin for the patient as well as close contacts. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice two, dexamethasone and nebulized epinephrine is the initial treatment of moderate to severe croup. Croup typically presents with fever and inspiratory stridor, which are not present in this patient. Choice three, intravenous ceftriaxone is appropriate treatment for epiglottitis. Epiglottitis typically presents with drooling and tripod positioning to open the airway. This patient is in no acute distress. Choice four, oral dexamethasone and nebulized albuterol would be appropriate treatment of an asthma exacerbation. While asthma can present with coughing that is worse at night, this patient has no history of asthma, and her symptoms have not improved with home administration of albuterol. Choice 5. Supportive care would be appropriate for a viral upper respiratory infection such as adenovirus. Infection with adenovirus does not typically cause paroxysms of forceful coughing. Finally, a bullet summary. Infection with Bordetella pertussis should be treated with a macrolide antibiotic such as azithromycin for the patient as well as any close contacts. That's all for this review about pertussis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the Metabolic Step 2 and 3 podcast.